This episode is brought to you by Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for the hybrid workforce. Online at wellforce.ai. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Sarah Madras. And I'm Jenny Midgley. And this is the show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Yes. And uh, today on the show, we have Bridget, whose last are name you, recently are changed. You sure? <laughs> whose last name recently changed. I was about to say Bridget O'Boyle, and then I was like, wait, but is it Bridget Bryan now? Because she was like in the process of transitioning all of her, her branded stuff because she got married. When was the wedding? We did a COVID wedding. So we were married like the weekend before Christmas in December this nice. year for 2020. Locally, where was it? Yeah, we, we had a big wedding planned for April. And then we were just like, I don't know that it's going to work. Our grandmas, my family was in New Jersey and they were coming for Christmas anyway. So we had a small little like 25 person wedding at our mm-hmm. church. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. Very intimate and romantic and like meaningful. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I didn't know half the people at mine. Yeah, I knew everyone at my wedding, but we were definitely heavier on like my parents' guests than mm-hmm. Scott's guests. So, yeah, I'm COVID not. COVID is a really go good there. excuse if you need it to tell your parents they can't invite anyone. The handy tool. Yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. Like 14 you want Aunt years Elma ago. to die? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That really would have been handy then. We got married on the beach in Delaware and we had, I don't know, there's like a hundred and some odd people there. Like 20 of us were from the wedding party and significant others. They had to go talk to them to open so they could get more booze for the brunch the next day. Nice. Because we drank them out of booze. It sounds successful. It was. It was hugely successful. We had a sangria fountain. Nice. What was your favorite part? So hers, obviously, the sangria fountain. My favorite part, the coolest thing, the like biggest surprise of the day was when we, so we had our wedding like in our church's lobby, basically, Mm -hmm. because there were just a few of us. And then we were walking to lunch at City. And when we turned, at one point, my wedding photographer was like, okay, I'm going to take some pictures of you guys walking. Like, we need to start going. Let's walk to lunch. And so we turned the corner on Wilmington Street, and the whole street was lined with people screaming. And we were like, oh, no, it's a protest. But it's, it's over there. So, like, it's okay. But I wonder what it is because I feel like I usually know the protests that are going on. And then my wedding photographer, Amber, dropped her camera and was like, Girl, it's for you. It's for you. <laughs> That's so <laughs> and funny. It was all our friends from like all over that just line the street, like across the street from us. Yes. Like balloons and cheering and signs and all my friends' kids. It was so cute. That's that is amazing. That is. That is amazing. And that's how like the kind of grief over the changing of the wedding plans and like this dream thing that you'd had, whatever, kind of like that, that lifts it up and makes it that much better. Yep. Totally. For yeah, having totally. to have And like never a, a feeling wedding. more loved in that, like I know, than in that moment. Yeah. yeah. It was like the most special thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could have never, if we had our normal wedding, this wouldn't have happened because I would have expected all these people. I would have been there. Yeah. That's right. And we're just all doing a big party later this year because- of paid course. for it already. So <laughs> very valid, valid <laughs> point. We've already it paid for it. Awesome. So introduce yourself to our audience, please, and tell them what you do and who you are and what makes you tick. Sure. So I'm Bridget O'Boyle. 
Ryan. I don't I don't even know how to introduce myself anymore. It was so funny. She was like, and that's what it says on her bio on the like that she filled out when she booked the appointment because it was like, I'm Bridget O'Boyle here, but I'm trying to transition to Bridget Bryan. I don't know what to say or anything. I'm like, yep. just you, you know, you'll come in, we'll figure you just it gotta, out. I just do all three names now. <laughs> yeah. There's so many people like with work especially right. that are yeah. like, wait, did help one now get a new COO? I'm like, nope, still me. Yeah, so the girl, Bridget. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you There's should know Bridget that part. Right? Now. now you're Bob. You're Bridget O'Boyle Ryan. I'm Bob. Um, <laughs> I so. like that. I'm Bob. The one with Bob. That's the title for this episode. The one with Bob. That's right. I'm the CEO of Help One Now, which is a nonprofit. We have an office or between offices, but we typically have an office in Raleigh, but we do international development work. So sometimes when I meet people from Raleigh, they're like, I feel like I know all the Raleigh nonprofits. And yeah, that's because we work here, but we don't like work here. But I am from Raleigh, born and raised. I've been here my whole life. Went to college, came straight back, was a microbiology major at ECU, was med school bound, and then just didn't do that. I went into clinical research instead. And then in clinical research, I was working and volunteering with my church and kind of got to know Help One Now and their CEO. We were on a leadership committee together. And after I don't know, maybe like a year, he he had a friend approach me mm-hmm. and say, hey, would you ever consider working for Alpo now? And I was like, oh, that's so kind, but no, like <laughs> I, work, I work in clinical research. Like, I'm, That's not my I'm, jam. I'm like climbing the ladder here. I'm really passionate about it. And mm-hmm. then he, he wore me down. That's so funny. <laughs> yes. So yeah. now I'm the CEO of Alpo now. I've been there for a little over four years now. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us more about what the organization does and things like that. Yeah. But now um, we work in eight different countries around the world and we empower families through business opportunities. There's a business launch program for Mm -hmm. it's mostly women that come out of it, but it is available to men to become entrepreneurs and business owners in their own communities with business mentorship that is locally led and contextualized to their community. And then we also focus on education for kids because mm-hmm. we know that the, the best way to raise healthy communities is to raise really healthy and educated kids so that they have opportunities. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. What are some of the communities that you're in? We are in, this is, I always call it the Help One Now pop quiz. Whenever anyone has an interview, I'm like, have you done your Help One Now pop quiz recently? I have not. I have not. It is. We are in Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Peru, Belize, Ethiopia, Uganda, Malawi, and Zimbabwe. Okay. Okay. That is correct. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Appreciate on the website. I was Appreciate looking at it. You got them all. Well done, Jed. That was well played. <laughs> that was. That was a little zinger. He was like, there's a quiz. I'm going to make sure it's correct. <laughs> also good if I blinked on one, you could have fed me the answer. <laughs> Unfortunately, they were not in the correct sequence on the website. Yeah. So. <laughs> So we have to take off. I have a point for that. However, that's okay. We will still that. give you a check for completion. Yes. One that's like your hearts. You know how we all have a place or a moment or a mm-hmm. memory that like, like when I worked in uh, daycare centers, you're not supposed to have a favorite, but you, you always have a favorite. Yes. I mean, <laughs> so. it's like how you're not supposed to have a favorite kid. Right. We do these quizzes, maybe like your rapid fire questions later. We do these <laughs> questions as a team sometimes. And we'll have different team members just ask a question. Everybody on staff has to answer it live. And our fundraising director, Peyton, loves to go, who's your favorite kid? Go. (laughs) (laughs) So in your organization, who's your favorite kid out of your all the sets? 
I would say that I have the most like experience visiting Haiti and one of our communities there, Ferry Village, is a village of children who have been rescued from these trafficking moments of like they were in process of being trafficked or they were at risk of being trafficked. And mm -hmm. so they were brought to this village and it's this big piece of land with seven, someone's probably going to correct me on that, a, a group of homes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And they all have a mom. So these kids live in these houses of four or five kids with a house mom. So they get the like kind of growing up in a home sibling family experience. Mm -hmm. And I've just been there so many times that it's just the best. Like when you open that gate to drive in, all the kids like run up. They're so excited that like someone's there to, to like play with them or play soccer or just do something new for the day. Yep. And I think if I had to pick a favorite Eight villages just yeah in a small world situation i have been there to that what? village <laughs> and, what uh, <laughs> the kids that do that as well i got this picture of a kid on my phone that just fell asleep on me yeah and my wife's holding the bunch yeah that was that's great so that, joe was a youth pastor and also worked for hope community church oh for yeah a long time yeah so so i went to haiti with hope a bunch yeah. of times i was like is that your church is that why this is the connection is that what's happening here no but oh, okay <laughs> Hope and Help One Now are really interconnected. Mm -hmm. Got you. Got you. work in Haiti. Okay. Yeah. So that that's our small world moment. And it's Haiti's crazy right now. Well, and that's what yeah. I was going to ask is has ha, like what happened within your organization? What was your response to what happened with the assassination of the president? And did that impact anything or is it going to impact things in the future? Or what does that look like for you guys? Yeah. It Yes, it did have an immediate impact and there is there's an impact that will continue on for a long time. So with the assassination of the president, the the country went into a state of siege mm -hmm. and the airports closed, borders closed, ports closed, and Haiti relies on imports for yep. a lot of its goods. We know from the like past experience that we have working with partners in Haiti, help announce completely led by local leaders on the ground. So we're not saying, hey, go do this. There's someone who is an incredible, brilliant leader mm -hmm. already in that community that's telling us like, hey, here's what we need to do and mm -hmm. here's how you can help me do it. And we know from like natural disasters when that's happened, prices of fuel go skyrocketing, prices of food go skyrocketing. And that doesn't come down immediately when those things open back up. But the worst and the most heartbreaking experience of this kind of martial law state that Haiti is currently in is a gang violence that has completely taken over the Port-au-Prince area and in other cities outside of that. So there are families who are experiencing like gang violence in their neighborhoods and being run out of their homes. So our efforts, right, Help One Now is responding in an emergency effort relief. The heart behind what we do is to keep families together. That's mm -hmm. what we ultimately want. That's why we believe in education and family empowerment through businesses. So we are working with our local leader who's in a network of pastors that are getting families to safe places and then providing food, water, shelter, like all the basic needs all over again. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're really focused on right now. There's 20,000 families that are displaced right outside of Port-au-Prince. And we, our goal right now is to try and take 500 of those to be able to provide those kind of basic needs for right now for the emergency relief side. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I don't, even, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. even know what to say. Like it's, it's a just, lot. It yeah. is. It's a, no, it is. It's a lot. And when you think about, it is an island country that has to rely on outside. And when those political things happen, that that stop that, right? And look at what's going on with Cuba right now too. Mm-hmm. It's very, like when there's only so much space that they can create their own. And so this is where when you have that unrest and those disagreements about how things should be run and disagreements like (laughs) how weird is this though called it a disagreement (laughs) there's disagreements about how how things should be run which is the basis of the unrest and then the way that people try to resolve that right then when there's the violence and the the civil unrest and all that stuff but but yeah and it's bizarre the way that like how random and just like the circumstances fit into a Tom Clancy book, as far as I can tell. I don't know if you all have kept up on the news about the. <laughs> Sarah's looking at me like, Jenny, why are you even looking at me for this? I would go, but look back this way. But yeah, so like, how does that impact you like individually? Do you feel like, are you in that space of what else can I possibly do? I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I just, I feel hopeless. And what are we even doing? Or are you like energized by that and seeing what else can be done to try and support? Good question. Thank you. Yeah. I think honestly, I probably fall somewhere in the middle because there is this, even if it's not energizing, it's like this commitment thing of, okay, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's just as a team, we have part of our team focused on like the long term. And then the rest of us are focused on, okay, let's just take baby steps. Like today we're going to post yeah. an update and and tomorrow we're going to talk to John Leakes. And that makes so much sense. Cause mm-hmm. if you look at it like all, and I think that's anything, any tragedy, any business, any unrest. If you look at the huge picture, you're like, it's too much, it's too much, I have to shut down. So you yep. just have to go, whoosh, what is the next right thing? What is the next step? Mm-hmm. Just one step oh, in front of the other. you pulling Frozen 2 into that. You know, That's right. Just do the next well, I keep, I keep just telling myself that when I get overwhelmed, of just do the yep. next right thing, just do mm-hmm. the next right thing, and it'll, yeah. I like exactly. how you guys are so, you've always been this way, very transparent about where the money goes and everything, but I think you've broken it down really well on your Help for Haiti page on your website, that if you give $500, that moves one of those families. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really attainable goal for people. And you can just Venmo help one now, and take yeah. care of one of those 500 people that they're trying to get to. Like how good you just did that. You're hired. You're right. <laughs> just come on over. <laughs> but another small world. I love jean Elise. I've been to his house like 10 times. He's, he's an amazing dude. He's great. <laughs> Best. <laughs> Would you like to just take over at this point? I know. <laughs> it could be it could be the Joe who does stuff today. I didn't know we were talking to help one now. <laughs> He's all giddy. Look how cute. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's so crazy. funny. But I think no, but I think this is also it, it shows that the reach that you have in the community, like just within the local community, right? Because there's people who see the need and want to help and feel that commitment and feel that what's the word I'm looking for? Passion, drive. Yeah, passion. Thank you. I was like, please just let <laughs> give me the word. <laughs> give me the word. I am. I am an assist for word finding today. See how she does that? She's. I'm gonna slip in an SAT word and act like it's not a big deal. Yeah, and Maleficent <laughs> wasn't even that good of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Melissa was excellent. No. Just saying, we're gonna create an amalgamation <laughs> as we move forward. <laughs> So then how does one, like, how did they win you over? Because that's a completely different, right, like. that's a huge shift. Yeah, that's a, how did they wear you down? And this you is a board? great story. I'm sure our CEO, Chris, will be so excited that I share that. <laughs> he, 
they dropped some hints and I was like, listen, I'm not, I've been really working my tail off and just moved over to this smaller thing. I just got a huge promotion with a lot of responsibilities here. I'm not like, I'm not going to leave, but I will help in any way that I can. I love help one now. Mm -hmm. And then he start, he says, Hey, let's just go grab coffee. Let's just talk about what it could look like. And I wasn't even sure what position they were looking for. And then he was like, you're really great. Like you ran operations for our church for a period of time with volunteers. And we've been on leadership together. Like, I see that you're really good at this. I think you could do this. And I know that you care. And I was like, yeah, okay. And eventually through a series of conversations, he talks me into, you know what? Like I'm young. I don't have kids. I'm only responsible for myself. If there was ever a time to give up like a huge chunk of money that I was making as a person, <laughs> it's now. He gets our pastor in on it too. So there's like some like like seeds dropped and uh, all the techniques. I actually, I accepted the job and then I went into work and we had a huge crisis with one of my clients and I called him back and I was like, hey, there's no way I can leave this place. It would be really doing them a disservice right now. It's too hard. I, I can't take the job. And he's like, just, it's a hard day. It's a hard week. Call me in a week. And so I accepted and declined the job two different times. And on the third time, <laughs> on the other end of the phone, in my office with the door closed, he was like, listen, if you hate orphans and you just don't care about them, <laughs> that's fine. But you have to say it out loud to me right now. And I was like, I'll see you in a month. And I hung up. <laughs> So that's how he did it. That's how he eventually wore me down. Oh, my <laughs> he God. He told me if I was going to do If you hate orphans. So basically, guilt, religious guilt, shaming. Yeah. That's really how all good things get done. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, my that God. But that's like, but funny. right, like, how do you get, like, how do you convince someone? If I were to be like, hey, Sarah, let's go build schools in Nicaragua, you'd be like, you fucking had some, what do you, you hate people? Do you hate people who need things? And you'd be like, no, I do no. not. And I can give you a check and donate more <laughs> money to you by having this really high paying job. I right. can donate even more. Do you, and then you'd be, but yeah, but you'd hand me a check. You'd, with the, the results would end up being similar because then you would fund the effort. We need all Correct. kinds of, we right. need those people yes. and, and right. people willing to just trash their paychecks and yes. make a leap of faith <laughs> into something they've never done before. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like split 50. There are th some things that I would like totally trash me. Like, yeah, let's totally, let's do that. I don't care about the money. And then right. there's other things I'd be like, how much do you need? Yeah. Like totally. how can I fundraise for you? Yeah. 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 Because there's, I, I measure my bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. You just need a little guilt sometimes. <laughs> it is worth saying I had known Chris for two years and I'm very like sarcastic and joking yes. around and yes. he's very much the same way. So yes. sometimes I tell that story uh, when people ask, how did Chris wear you down to change? It sounds like you loved clinical <laughs> research. And I tell them that story too soon, but like something gets right. back like, hey, Chris, that's not something maybe we should talk about, but it's fine. It's all good. It is Our really listeners good. know. It's hilarious. Yes. They've met us. Yes. It's very similar to how I got my wife to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. That's fantastic. So, how, how long have you been married? 20 years? Me? Yeah. 21, 22 almost. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Do you have any words of advice for our brand newlywed yeah. here? Uh, I don't know. I hardly <laughs> consider myself an expert. I think... We, I had a bunch of guys over and we were talking about stuff. I, I guess the only thing that I might be say that is slightly different than most people is I got married super young, which we were talking about in context. Like, why didn't somebody stop us? I was like 18. I looked like I was 15. 
But I think <laughs> maybe if there's any one piece of advice, it would be it's the understanding that love is not a feeling, it's a choice. Truth. And so if, if it's a choice, then you can't fall out of it and you just have to, you have to work on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, maybe that's the only piece of advice. I don't hear that a lot. I hear a lot of falling in love, falling out of love. Like it's like I know, well, yeah, trip you and know fall into a hole. Uh, like right. you trip and fall into a hole. It's not. Dang no. it. Now I have to love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I broke my ankle on the way down. Right, never, right. never made any sense to me. Tell your husband to do the dishes more. That would help. There you go. Great. I'll play him this. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. So then through the program, you said that they do, like they launch businesses and stuff like that. Can you share with us some of the businesses that have been launched and the transformation that you see from it? Yeah. One of our favorite things to do in the context of our Raleigh office is look at data and the applications coming in of what their business is going to be. There's sheep rearing and I was trying to think of one of the other. There's a really funny one, but I can't remember it, but it, it's something related to like livestock. But we there are a lot of businesses that are launched that are like small shops, like little like convenience stores almost like on the streets of Ethiopia or in Belize. There's a woman that makes tortillas and sells them or in Ethiopia. Similarly, it's injera, but it's a type of bread. Yep. So it's a lot of businesses that are just contextualized like to that community. But from there, we see essentially on average, it's like a 400% increase in household income. So it's the difference of, and education plays a role too, because in Almost all of the communities we work in, education is not free for children. There's not public school. You can't Mm -hmm. just send your kids to school. You have to pay for it. But if you can't make any money to pay for school, then your kids are home with you. And then you can't make any money because you don't want to leave them because they're children. Right. So the benefit really comes in that combination of, okay, now there's a school that Help One Now is providing free education and meals to kids. Send your kids there. Then you can go enroll in this business program. And like the coolest stories that we hear coming out of it, there's a woman in Ethiopia who, after she started her business, then there were other children in the community that couldn't afford to go to school. And there wasn't, there's not a Help One Now school in this specific community. So she started paying for those kids That's to awesome. go to school. And then she started like a women's group training other women how they could make income. Mm-hmm. And then she added on a room to her house and essentially like Airbnb'd it without even knowing about Airbnb. She yep. rents it out. So now she has all these like passive income moments yep. and then is giving back to the community. And it's just one of those like. We talk about the ripple effect at Help One Now a lot. Like, that's the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Like, we did this one business program to launch this one thing, and now she has four businesses. She's training other women, and more kids are going to school that aren't even her kids because she's paying for them to go to school. Yeah, I love that. And that's when it gets, like, really cool. Yes, yeah. Oh, the ripple effects are my favorite. Yes. Yes. Love it. They're my favorite. Yeah. So you were talking a lot about that they uh, wanted to bring you on because the potential they saw in you as far as leaders and things like that. What kind of leadership stuff do you guys do over there? So from an operations perspective, our CEO, I always say he is the textbook visionary. He's like what you want. He's the CEO and he gives vision. And then he's just now all of you 
go figure out how to make that how to, happen. How to do it. Yep. So he was really looking for someone like operational leadership. Give us some systems and some things. And like, we have some stuff, but maybe it's not the way it should be. And so that's exactly the the position that I came in to fill of, okay, how are we writing things down? How are we storing information? Mm-hmm. How are kind of tasks getting to the different teams? Mm-hmm. And so from the U.S. side, essentially what our team in the U.S. does is fundraise so we can resource the local leaders. Mm -hmm. But that fundraising, it has operational components, marketing, communications, all of that. We have essentially, we have an international team who focuses on like data collection and helping resource programs and projects internationally. And then we've got a fundraising arm that's straight like People fundraising, mm-hmm. asking for money, making partnerships. And then our marketing team is really just focused on like, how do we tell stories to people? How do we get information yeah. out into the world? And the the biggest part of my job is making sure all those things talk to each other and we're all actually going the same direction at the same time towards the vision of empowering 100,000 families. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Amazing. Like I'm in awe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like... It's, but that's right. Like it's such a cool program and it, and it's scalability to numerous communities who need that support. Yeah. My brain is just essentially like launch internationally. It is. Yeah. 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 And it's impossible. Like when we think about, you know, like our team of 10 people, like we're not doing this. The global leadership team is doing this and we're just holding it together and trying to facilitate and resource Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. get the word out there about how incredible those global leaders are. Mm -hmm. Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for your hybrid workforce. Do you need business process evaluations and solutions to streamline your workflows? A technology assessment, including security and managed services to optimize performance or solutions to create a seamless hybrid workplace experience. If that's you, Wellforce has a growing team of affiliates to support your organization's move to hybrid. Visit wellforce.ai today. How do you, because you said there's mentorship involved in it as well, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do you guys go about, because what I always find so interesting, one is uh, finding the mentors, two, the commitment by the people in the program to mentorship and then three the fundraising because it's hard to go up to people and be like will you please donate money can we please have money i really feel like because it's an it's a whole other not level it's a whole other it's sales but a whole other beast Mm -hmm. essentially Well, like when we had katie brinkley on and she was talking about the going places nonprofit, and they just had their first gala and brought in, they grossed $70,000 for their first That's awesome. gala in the midst of mm-hmm. a pandemic. And it's a nonprofit out of, they're in, she's in Charleston, South Carolina. But the, that's the thing, right? But it is, it's 100% like she ta- has conversations and ends up with like free office space right, for them to use just because, and they're like big donors for the, the program. And, and it's how you're doing the sales, but you're doing it in a way that like you have to do nonprofit. Well, and I want to, I feel like there's such a mindset around that. And I will own that I would probably bury myself before I even got out there because my mindset would be like, oh, this feels so uncomfortable asking for money. What do I do? So talk to us about that mindset and the whole, the 
asking for donations and asking for money. Like we're let's just be like, real. It, <laughs> it's asking for, but like really, I'm like your passion, to, like, your passion literally so. has to crush your humility. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, I. It's like hate I hate asking people for things in right. general. Like, yes, in my whole like, life, I'm a yes. humble person. But no, you must have passion. Like it's going to pound but it that's into the ground. What you just said yeah. is because it is. It's hard to ask people for anything yeah. for, and so that's where I'm going with this thing. Yeah. You. Thank it's, you for being it here. is really hard to ask people for things. And you know, obviously, like our fundraising team are better at it mm-hmm. because That's they're why like, there's development people. This is people. what I signed up for. <laughs> but what I've really come to learn over my time with Help One Now, people want to help. I used to joke that it's like sales, except people don't get anything out of it. You're not actually, it's not like, hey, do you want to buy this encyclopedia? Yeah. Okay, but now I'm not going to give she it to you. She looked at me for that. <laughs> she did. I saw that. <laughs> people are getting something out of it. Like yes. people want to feel good. People want to help. Yes. And then the, like, the initial step of getting over it is to realize like, I'm not fundraising for something that's selfish for me. I've made a commitment to these leaders around the world and the people that they serve. And this is how like good things get done. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really asking Ooh, on good. behalf of this, this other how community. Good things get done. Yes, that's good, girl. I'm writing that mess down to tell to my salesperson. <laughs> and be like, you ain't trying to right. sell people on programs for your own like, selfish you don't reasons. Have to it's go- to yeah. change the, it's to positively impact. You don't yeah, have to that. confront somebody and be like, what, don't you want to help the orphans? You can be like, it's how good things get done. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't typically go, with, hey, do you hate orphans or would you like to donate $500? <laughs> that's, that's not, we, we try not to give Hey, like, <laughs> that tactic worked on you. Come on right. now. It did work on me. <laughs> there might be a place, like we're not saying that's the norm, but there might be a place for yes. that kind of language depending on your audience. Yeah. You really have to know your audience. And I think that's a huge part of nonprofit fundraising too is understanding your audience and, and who you're because your approach is going to be different for the C-suite level, like the company level versus the independent mm-hmm. grassroots donors type of. And I think one of the challenges that we battle with a lot is we have this value at Help One Now of being a wide table. There are times where people want us to make statements about American politics or how we feel on an issue of like gay marriage in 2016. And we won't. That's not what we do. It's mm-hmm. not our mission. It has nothing to do with what Correct. we do. Mm-hmm. And we really, we have people from all, like all areas. And I think it. it's one of the most beautiful things about help one out like at an event or on a trip with people if we're taking a trip to visit some leadership and help people understand a little bit more and learn and listen from those leaders you can have people who would never ever hang out with each other Mm -hmm. in real life like they would never approach each other to have a conversation and have coffee because they are on the news on opposite Mm -hmm. ends of the Mm -hmm. spectrum Mm -hmm. but then around a table talking about doing good around the world. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same team. I love that. And there was a, so I'm going back to the eighties, but I remember the interreligious council was an organization in the Washington DC Metro area where it was a very similar, like people with completely opposing ideologies, even within their own religion sect. And, but it was the, they brought issues of race to the table. So it was like the Southern Baptist and the, the AME, the Zionist Methodist and the, the rabbis from all the different, and our rabbi in the synagogue I was a part of when I was growing up was, was a part of that. And he would bring those conversations back to the, to the congregation 
and then talk about those in like some of the religious school classes or the, the older teenagers, whatever. And it was really interesting to see that, that as we're talking about ripple effects, like how those conversations of, of two completely opposing ideologies would come and sit down over coffee because of a common mm -hmm. helping cause, right? Like yeah. how do we reduce gang violence in, how do we reduce our, mm -hmm. our young people getting killed and how can we work together to, to versus we're just going to keep, and, and say the other person's wrong. Like it's, right. it, it becomes less important to be right mm -hmm. and more important to be helping. And it's interesting to, to like structure that and model that for the communities as they go back to it. Do you see a, a change in any of their, I'm not going to say like people are, are going to completely change their thoughts and beliefs about whatever, but do you see that there's a willingness more to have more conversations or do people like walk away and they're like, still going to go to their separate corners after they meet at the table. Yeah, I think there's a willingness. I, I think there's something to be said, that idea that you're talking about of, okay, wait, I thought I would have, I thought I would have been on the total opposite side of whatever this person mm. thought. But now I see we've got this in common. So maybe there's some other things we have in common and maybe they aren't as bad as I think they are or whatever group of people they belong to, whether it's like politics or mm -hmm. whatever it is huh maybe there's so I think there's some like curiosity there maybe mm -hmm. more than like changing okay I'm willing to ask a couple more questions I love that because it is all about curiosity mm -hmm. yeah absolutely like legit the reason that my phone is blowing up is there's some kind of emergency with my business and everybody's freaking out and I'm like guys just get curious and start asking some questions like they're yeah. all like let's everybody take a breather <laughs> Let's just get some more information. But everybody's freaking out. And they're like, she's upset. And what do we do? And I'm like, just take and get curious. Is anybody going to die? Ask more questions. Probably not. Like, And that's where, like, that's my, and I think it's, it sounds really bad, but that's literally, like, my, whenever anybody comes at me with, oh, my God, I'm heated about this. It's the same approach I take with my kids. Is anything broken or bleeding? Mm -hmm. Is anybody dying? Because, like, it's going to drop on my priority list of those three things or not. Well, and I think the, it's important, like, yes, it's important. Like, I'm not telling my team, like, stop overreacting. Like, of right. course. It's, it's looking at the, it's that, reframing the priority. Total, well, and their emotional reaction right. is valid. And so I'm going to validate that of, it's okay. We, we, I totally see that you're frazzled. Like, we will yep. get this. We, I, I will text you between when this is over. I will reach out. But, and so it is that balance of the power of validation, of validating that person and in their moment and their feelings. Yep. And then getting curious and be like, okay, let's figure this out. Let's ask more questions. Yep. Let's, yeah. what are the pieces of the puzzle that are missing that then we can see each other more clearly and connect better with each other? That's good. Yeah. And I think in those emergency moments, even with like our team, mm -hmm. when people start coming to me, I realize, do you really need me? I know you need, you like want answers. Mm -hmm. I, I want answers too. And sure, I can make those. But what if I like backed off for an hour? Let you guys talk about it. And then maybe you don't need me to solve this. But I, I spent a lot of time on our team when I first came in of solving all the problems. Um. And then one day I was like, hey, I haven't gotten any of my goals for the month done. Because from the minute I walk into the office until the minute everybody else leaves, I don't do any of my work. I, there's, a, there's definitely a time for that. And there's scenarios where that does happen. But I realized I was like, 
I think I'm not teaching the team that I trust them to make decisions. Yes, girl. Oh, yes. Yes. What? I'm going to stop I'm and like, let them make girl, decisions. I'm going to turn myself into a leader if it kills me. I'm going <laughs> to read you the text from between, and I'm going to put it on Facebook between my husband and I this week because that's what it is, that it, you like freaking hit the nail on the head. I was like, man, we're out of white wine. I could really go for some white wine. And I was like, and barbecue chips, because our dang kids ate the entire bag. I didn't get a single barbecue that chip. That is a very disappointing. It is. Like, honestly, like going into the cupboard and looking. And you're for, like, like excited you're for it? You're so yes. excited. And as adults, we have yes. so few of those moments. Yes. And when I find out that they have And I don't eaten, even like chips. Like, There's 40 other bags of chips in there because I don't like chips. And all I wanted was just like mm. one bowl, one time. That chips. one, yeah. yeah. And then they, oh. <sighs> But anyway, so regardless. And so then he's, what kind of barbecue chips? Kettle chips? This? that, And it's 50 different questions. And I was like, oh, I totally see what's happening here. You're afraid of if I make the wrong decision, then I'm going to be in mm -hmm. trouble. And I was like, honey, I totally trust you to pick out whatever barbecue chips you think is going to be the best. And you're not going to get in trouble. You're all good. But it is. People are like, I need to know that you're okay with this decision because mm -hmm. I don't want to get in trouble. And yeah. is this the right decision? Because I don't trust myself and my own tuition right. yet to make the right decision, mm -hmm. even down to freaking barbecue chips. And then but <laughs> I, I gotta need to know you here. trust me to make the right decisions. You that, know what like, I mean? There are differences in the quality and and the, but I'm the not gonna care. happiness factor of the barbecue chips. <laughs> I, I do have to. Like, I did say to him, as long as they aren't Pringles, because who the hell likes that cardboard tasting shit? That's what I wrote. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> we have a stack of Pringles in our cupboards. My kids love the Pringles. But like for us, it's the kettle. Like it's the the kettle chips. He did that ask those me that. are like yeah. the those yeah. are the. Yes. Those are good. But it's such a good point. I'm going to go buy barbecue chips after yeah. this. <laughs> you got to be like, team, you got this. I believe in yeah. you. I trust you. Go. I know. She's going to yes. text us pictures of like, here, I didn't pick the Pringles. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Alrighty. I love it. I love it. Bridget is here in the Raleigh area and she can tell us how we can help now. See what that I did good. there? Good job. <laughs> good job. Help one now is really easy to find. It's all spelled out. It's all one word on all of our socials at help one now or help And if you have questions and you want to get a hold of me, I'm on the about page and my email address is linked for better or for worse. So <laughs> I'm excited for anyone on here to email me, but sometimes it's just random people from the internet. That's true. That's true. You'll start getting random emails from the internet and you'll be like, Oh, those girls who do stuff. <laughs> they put me out there. Dang it. Thank you so much for joining us today. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to join thanks. us in yeah. person in the studio. Yeah, and thanks for, for having me. All that you're doing to make the world yeah. better. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, and definitely check out helponnow.org. Um, I think that's it for today. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do, do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.